You're listening to a Toe Network production, putting heroes on trial because someone has to. everyone, this is Sono. And I'm Amit, and you're listening to Moonspeak. I'm a magical girl rookie, and Sono is a vet, so prepare yourself to be enchanted as we delve deep into each act. And this week we're talking about Sailor Moon Crystal Act 11, uh, Endymion, or possibly Reunion, one of the two. Yeah, they're both in there. Okay. <laughs> titles. Yeah, especially these titles, they're pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Although not quite as interesting as, like, learn to lose weight with Usagi or whatever. Oh, man, no. The original series titles were great <laughs> and, like, three sentences long. Is, uh... That's a really weird trend, because the only other long title from a show I remember is from Digimon Season 3, which was the power to save Jerry, uh... Like, I don't know, like, Leomon's Fist or Bielsenmon's Fist. Something, like, crazy long th- like that. I think that was more of a product of its time. Okay. And I think of the genre, because I'm pretty sure that Ray Earth did the same thing. Uh, I don't actually remember the Cardcaptor Sakura episode titles, but I think that's kind of a product of the time. Where they wanted to describe, like, the entire plot of the episode in the title. Which you wouldn't necessarily think would uh, get people to watch, but then again, I don't know. They're formulated shows anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because the Common Rider movies, the Versus movies anyway, do that sort of thing too. It's da 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 bam. You know? Yeah, you've got, you know. Someone x someone else movie war. Lord only knows what we're calling it this year. <laughs> yeah. Good times. And then they've all got all the individual parts have their own titles. Oh man, that's crazy, craziness. Which I only really remember because of uh, Wizard vs. Gaim. I know Wizard has its own title because that's the only part I cared about. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> uh, okay. Well. Um, I guess let's go ahead and get into it. But first, uh, a little reminder. Everybody, please keep watching the show on uh, Crunchyroll, Hulu, uh, everywhere. I guess Neon Alley is a place. Anywhere where it's officially released so that we can get more of this goodness. Yes. Come on, we're, we, we definitely need to get the other the other couple of parts. We're getting uh, Dark Kingdom and Black Moon. I mean, if we're going that far, we might as well get the whole thing. So, show... Show what support you can. Yeah, and um, I don't know. It's interesting because I definitely want to see more. Even though, uh, once again, I, I'm presenting the paradox of not being pleased. Like I was less than thrilled this episode. I'll, I'll come out in front and say that because of certain things that. I, or let me put it this way: I liked what was going on. My God, it's loud. <sighs> I liked what was going on in this episode, but there was, like, weird stuff happening, and I feel like poor execution as well, so, um, yeah. Yeah, poor execution is kind, has kind of been the hallmark of Crystal. There's, there do, there are a lot of good things, and then there are just things that they don't go far enough with, or that they kind of don't put as much effort into as they should have, because Toei hates spending money. Yeah, 
Unfortunately, that's a lesson uh, many have learned over many, many years and many series. Yes. Um, all right, let's just jump right into the meat and veggies here. Um, so uh, this week I kind of have in the meat and veggies more of a like rundown beat by beat uh, for the episode. So that's a little different and hopefully it's not boring. So here we go. Uh, Usagi's dreaming of Tuxedo Mask and resolves to be happy so that the power of the uh, legendary Silver Crystal will return to it. And by power, I mean shine. Yeah, th- this is a really cute kind of Usagi thing. And I did I did kind of like her kind of resolving, well, okay, well, I have to be happy so that the crystal will have power, even though she can lie to herself and tell herself she's happy, but, like, we all know she's not. Everyone knows that she's still really troubled over what's going on, but they're trying to support her as best they can, and she she wants to make the effort for everyone's sake. Yeah, and I I don't know if I... I didn't fully pick up on, on that, how everyone's just kind of going along with her. Um, but I liked that you had mentioned before and made it explicit that emotion basically is like the source of the power um, and the like the strength and that's been exhibited in the show in the past and I just thought it was really neat that um, like that's true in this instance even though there is this there's this thing where she's kind of lying to herself and everyone's going along with it I I, I can see that definitely but it's still cool that she recognized kind of like the mechanics of the show a little bit yeah and said like oh I have to be happy but it it, it makes sense because um I think she's seen that when she's lacked faith in herself in the past and uh, been real down that she hasn't been able to do things and that, like, you know, Mamoru encouraging her um, has helped to bring her to the state where she could do things again and, and she needs that now and she knows that. So it's kind of a, it's funny because it's almost uh, metatextual winking and nodding, but it isn't at the same time. So I don't know, I, I like that. Yeah, it's, it, it... It's very much playing with the idea and kind of bringing the idea to the forefront. Uh, okay, um, so then uh, next, uh, Usagi's pocket watch uh, stopped since they went to the moon, or came back from it. Um, starts ticking again after bumping into someone who looks like Mamoru, but totally isn't. Yeah, he he sure does look like Mamoru. Um, I don't really know if, like... We all know who it is. <laughs> we knew who this was at the end of the last episode. We know who it is now. Yeah. Um, but, man, symbolism with the watch stopping and starting. Uh, I did really like Luna going back to try and get the watch when, when it dropped. I liked Luna a lot this episode. Uh, but I did like that she kind of turned back and was like, oh, this is something that's important to Usagi. It needs to not break more. <laughs> Yeah, it, um, just like a funny little thing, like how uh, how is that watch even still working? Like it, it looks pretty thrashed to me. I guess Mamoru probably went and fixed it up, right? I no, Soggy's had it since since the uh, the glass broke, so I don't know really what's wrong with it. It's it's stopping and starting is pretty much entirely symbolism, right? I can dig it. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, so the sword, um, which, is there a name to that sword that I didn't catch? Um, I think there might be, but I don't remember what it is. I think we mostly just call it a holy sword. Okay. Um, by the way, I didn't have this in my 
Oh, well, maybe I did. Oh, I'll bring it up later. Uh, anyway, so the sword, um, which usually shatters diamond, uh, is made of stone and poisonous. There we go. As a result, I'm guessing, of Queen Metalia's uh, death throw attack against the moon that, like, turned everything to stone, right? Yeah, uh, that that's really... They go... The conversation where that's explained is a little more elaborate in the manga and kind of explains it a little better. But that's basically what happened uh, because of Metalia kind of destroying the moon, everything kind of turned to this poisonous stone. I had completely forgotten about the poisonous part, so for a second when they bring that up and kind of immediately jump to this sword was made to protect the princess, my mind jumps to uh, Serenity intentionally poisoning the sword just to completely destroy anyone who hurts Serenity. And I'm a little disappointed that's not the reality of things, because that's pretty hardcore. Yeah, and I think it's funny that they bring up, but it's a holy sword. How could it be poisoned? And, yeah, it would have been cool if, if that was uh, the case, that, like, yeah, it's holy and it's going to, you know, kill you dead in order to yeah. protect the princess. That, the that Im- been the implication in the manga was kind of that the poisoning came from Serenity killing herself with it. Mm. Which wasn't really brought up here. Oh, wow. uh, that that whole scene is kind of extended more in the manga. I'm not sure why it was condensed down so much here. Mm. Uh, but I always thought that implication was also like pretty hardcore. It's like the Sir, Princess Serenity, who's basically this holy figure, doing something that goes pretty much against all holy notions. This really horrible thing kind of ends up poisoning the sword. Yeah, that's really neat. And then even to to think about it, like, um, as if, uh, like, her innocent blood, you know, being spilled by the sword, uh, like, has this poisoning after effect, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's it's kind of this, they lay that metaphor out, and I'm a little disappointed again that it wasn't brought up here, because I think it's a really interesting kind of play on things. Um, yeah, and I'm, uh... It was cool to see that scene, too, because they were at Ami's apartment and just chilling, and it's cool because, like, she wanted to be all science-y and, and look and see what it could do, um, but it also, uh, which, where did the ring come from? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. That's, yeah, they don't really explain it here. Apparently, again, in in the manga, they make a joke about it because Minako, again, freaks out about destroying it, and Ami's just like, oh, no, we have tons more of these at home. Oh. Oh my gosh. I'm like, ah, oh, you really didn't include that line? Oh, that would have been hilarious. There was there was a lot of really funny Minako moments, uh, kind of in the more extended scene, where, like, she drops the sword in the lobby and it scratches the marble floor and she freaks out. Oh, that's funny. And Ami's just like, ah, oh, don't worry about it, marble's really soft, that'll happen. <laughs> and, like, Ami's just so rich that she doesn't care. Right. Which is not a thing that we ever really get to see about Ami. Yeah, I um, I don't think I'd realize that. Yeah, her mom is like a really important doctor. Hmm, okay. Yeah, c- which I think is vaguely mentioned once. Yeah, I think they do mention it prior to this. The, she needs to train hard to become a doctor too. Yeah. Hmm. Well, man, like that's that's unfortunate because um, like to me that was a uh, unfortunately like a hallmark of this episode. It started to do a lot of cool things, but it didn't go far enough with any of the interesting character stuff with the girls. Yeah, which, again, is kind of a hallmark of the whole show. It really it really has been falling short on going into developing the girls and kind of the bond between them. And we see a lot of great moments about it, and I've 
met, talked about a lot of them, and it makes it seem like there's more than there is. But I get excited about them because there aren't a whole lot. Yeah, it um, it's definitely working as a good advertisement for the dub of the '90s cartoon yes. and uh, and like the manga. So yeah, like if you want to see more. Go back, go back to the older sources. Which is too bad because I, I would prefer that it stand on its own. And I originally thought like, oh, okay. So, I mean, when when I think the first episode, you said uh, things are different, things have changed here. Um, and then by you know by the time Ray was around, we knew that um, Jada was still alive when he shouldn't have been, right? Yeah. Um, so it seemed like, oh, okay. Well, maybe they're gonna take the core story and Takuchi's gonna like tell it in a faster way and. She'll change things so that you can have, you know, the crystal Sailor Moon universe and then the other stuff to look at. And to me, that that would have been the better thing to do. But unfortunately, it seems like that's not quite how it's going. Yeah, it it really does feel like they're taking a lot of shortcuts. And I, th- again, that is really where I felt what I thought they were going to do. Because Naoko's always kind of said, like, there are certain things that she was unhappy about things she would have preferred to do in a different way, and I thought really that was the direction we were going to go. And I don't know, maybe it is, maybe this is how she wanted to tell it, but um, it it really just feels like something is missing in a lot of places. Huh. Yeah, unfortunately, and I think we'll get to a little more of that later even. Um, so uh, the scouts followed Usagi to uh, Crown and saw that she was with uh, not Mamoru, and uh, Ray was able to tell that it wasn't him. Yeah, Psychic Ray, doing <laughs> doing the psychic thing that she hasn't gotten to do in a while. Yeah, and again, that's another thing. Too bad. Wish yeah. there was more of it. Um, okay, so uh, Mako was uh, hypnotized by not Mamoru after uh, Usagi narrowly escaped uh, succumbing to his charms and spilling all her secrets. Yeah, I love that Mako was ready to just go in guns blazing. Like, hey, we know—I can tell you want to hurt Usagi. How about instead I punch you in the face? <laughs> because that's that's so incredibly Mako. She doesn't have time for this. She's gonna protect everyone, and she's gonna do it by punching people. And I I really feel for her that that backfired so horribly. And I mean, it went the same way in the manga. She completely fell under. The, the hypnotism, whatever. Um, and I guess because Mako is more brute strength than mental fortitude, I guess I can accept it. But I feel like Mako being Sailor Jupiter should have offered her some kind of protection yeah. against this. <laughs> You'd think so. Like, oh, but you've got all this magic too. Why couldn't you be like, oh, I feel something is not correct here. Maybe it was her... Um... I don't know, not being transformed, which I know sometimes they do that in <laughs> different shows. Maybe. I I don't know. It, I just feel for her that it really didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Furuhata, who, like, it's interesting. He's a really charming character, and there's definitely not enough of him. Um, and I Again, go, go watch the first series. <laughs> he hangs around a lot more. That's cool. He gets a sister. Oh, wow. All sorts of stuff. It's funny because you seldom see him, and I don't know. I kind of, I guess, I kind of react to him the same way Usagi and the other girls do. It's like, hey, who's that? You know. <laughs> um, but it's just, I, I guess, he's just well portrayed or well done. Um, 
So anyway, so he and uh, Not Mamoru use uh, or used Mako to lure the other guardians into the base. Um, but Usagi can't fight him until he injures Luna, and he's like going off on everybody else, which is pretty crazy to see. Yeah, uh, Luna being the the complete tipping point for this uh, was feels very important to me. The whole moment just really hit me hard. Uh, everything with Luna was delivered so well. Like, you can feel the impact as Luna hits the floor. And Luna does a lot this episode, and it's actually elaborated a bit more than in the manga. Uh, the whole scene in the beginning where she's like, Oh, Usagi, you know you can always come and talk to me. Uh, wasn't That scene was there, but Luna wasn't quite as actively trying to trying to be there for Usagi, and I do like that that was given to her here. Uh, I wish more time had been devoted to that in this episode, uh, but it really... it This episode really did handle Luna very well and made her feelings very apparent, and the fact that Luna was the step too far has always really gotten me, because Tuxedo Mask says it, Luna has no power. Luna has no means of fighting beyond what a cat can normally do. And she doesn't hesitate to just completely fling herself into battle after the people with the actual powers have already been defeated. With with the other three, it's like, okay, well, maybe they have the strength for this. Maybe I won't have to fight him. Maybe they can knock him down and we can try and wake him up. But Luna clearly never stood a chance and went anyway. So Luna, who's been trying to help Usagi all along, who Usagi lashed out at in this episode while she was trying to help, and Luna never shows resentment over that. Luna's never angry like, oh, I told you he, I told you he was bad, you, why didn't you listen to me? She's just, I, I need to help you, you need to do this. And she just goes in to defend Usagi. She's Usagi's partner. More, the other girls are her teammates. Luna is her partner. Luna's been there with her from day one, the, before anyone else was there, and hurting her just crossed the line. I'm I'm really glad though that they didn't. Uh, there was no blood with Luna. There was a lot of blood in the manga, oh. and I am like, you, Luna is in a pool of blood oh in the manga, and it like I would not have been able to handle that as uh, a very devoted cat mom. <laughs> myself. Yeah, that's um that's really shocking to hear that they did that. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty rough. So I'm glad they at least they've been they haven't really shown any blood in Crystal. Yeah, I can't think all. of any. Hmm. hmm. You know, as much as that I don't know if it's well, well I'm just gonna say I'm not sure that for a first-time viewer, that the execution and the setup was adequate because while I really felt something, I felt like, oh, I should be feeling... Like, I felt as if I should be feeling a lot during that scene, and I wasn't. Um, And I I think that's because, uh, well, again, like, the not-so-great execution, uh, even as I... your emotional investment in Luna wasn't already there. And they needed to take... And like I said, they needed to take more time to set that up. And I, like, I don't even know if maybe switching the dialogue or just... 
I don't know, like shifting the pacing of each scene around would have helped, or maybe splitting this up. I'm not, the, I'm struggling because I'm just not sure what went wrong. Um, but I know it wasn't done adequately. Um, one last note, and then we can move on to frills. Uh, so uh, Queen Beryl shows up in the moon base, calling uh, not Mamoru, not Mamoru, sorry, uh, Endymion, and says the Sailor Guardians will die where they stand. And uh, that was a pretty awesome moment. Yeah, it was. her Again, her <laughs> voice actress is knocking it out of the park. There's a certain inflection on her voice where she... I, I'm having a hard time thinking of how to describe what's going on with her voice, but there's a very... There's an excitement, a, a very dark excitement in her voice <laughs> that's been there every time things have been going the way she wants... And it's really creepy and makes her really threatening. So, like, I'm complete. Even though I know where this is going, I'm completely willing to believe, like, this could go bad. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, like, I felt the threat there. And maybe that's, uh, like you're saying, the, w- what the actress is doing. Because when she said, I don't know, something along the lines of, um, like, oh, you don't remember me? Well, you're going to die it, even if you don't, Princess Serenity. Like, the way she said that. Um, was it seemed really like it was dripping with venom? So yeah, that was pretty cool. All right, uh, so you've got the first note for the frills. Yeah, which sub? Which where are you watching the subs for this? Uh, Hulu. Okay, that's where I'm also watching them, and this may have contributed to kind of where you're feeling Luna. They fell short with Luna. Because they kept translating what Luna was saying as ally. Mm -hmm. But she's using the word Ibo. She's using the word partner. Which which conveys a much stronger meaning. Because we've had Luna using the word ally throughout the entire series about people. But not... We've had them translating her her use of the word as ally. And I need to go back and listen and see what what she's been actually saying. But when, every time she talks to Usagi in episode 11, and it's being translated as I'm your ally, she's using the word partner. And this episode made it very, very clear that Luna's kind of trying to step into this maybe older sister feel, feeling figure for Usagi. And she wants to do what's best for her, and sometimes that means telling her things that she doesn't want to hear. Like, this isn't Mamoru, what are you doing he's a bad guy, you shouldn't get close to him. But she also very much wants Usagi to know that everything she does is for her benefit and wants Usagi to know that if she needs to talk to someone, Luna is there and she can be open with Luna. Luna is with her every minute of every day. She's her guardian and her confidant and her partner. And the combination of context, like the context of the episode and the use of that translation as ally really reduces that almost to nothing. Allies is a very loose term. You're fighting for the same cause. You're on the same side. You have a common enemy. But partner really connotes something much deeper and much stronger, and I probably sound like a huge double nerd uh, going on (laughs) about this so hard. But it it really bothered me because Usagi's then coming back with this line when Luna gets hurt, I won't forgive you for hurting my friends and my ally. 
And it kind of feels like it puts Luna at the bottom of the totem pole, where when you use partner, that kind of puts Luna above everyone else. And apparently Crunchyroll did translate it as partner, and I'm not sure why all of these official streams are using different subs and different translations. That seems a little weird. But it just, it really bothered me because the context of it, just the word ally doesn't work. And it really kind of diminishes the emotion that they're trying to convey with Luna. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe that was part of the missing piece because when, you're right, ally uh, almost marks or denotes a certain distance where his partner feels really intimate. Um, like I'm thinking of Digimon and they say, you know, the kids have their Digimon partners and, and that's like, it, it almost feels like they're, uh, like different aspects of the same individual or like, I don't know, like soulmates or something, even though there's nothing romantic between them or, or anything like that. Um, but it does, uh, partner sounds really, really deep. It, it indicates a much, much closer bond that really is present for Luna and Usagi and Artemis and Minako. And it translating it as ally, especially within the context of this episode, just really didn't work. Right. Alright, well let's move on to things that did work. <laughs> uh, okay, so I love how seductive Mamoru looks as he's uh, working his magic on Endo and Furuhata. I'm pretty sure that in the manga, Mamoru seduced Endo out of existence. Oh, really? (laughs) Like, that's... Like, he doesn't... Here, he just kind of got confused and walked away, but we just kind of see... It's one of those panels where, like, there's, like, light bursting out of him, and then everyone... And then uh, Furuhara's like, hey, where did Endo go? So I'm pretty sure that Mamoru, like, bedroomized him out of existence. (laughs) that's so great. In the manga. (laughs) And then but he, like he was definitely going full on with it this episode, and it's really kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. I could just imagine that you know, poof. Where's Endo? Don't worry, I'm right here. You know? <laughs> oh, that's so great. Oh man. Um, poof. Okay, so then um, I can't remember if this is when they're at the hotel. I'm pretty sure not the hotel. The uh, Ami's apartment. Um, Ray gets embarrassed yes. about Usagi yelling, and uh, it's just so good. Yes, uh, it was in the it was in the lobby. Um, we had a lot of kind of little friendshipy moments between the girls this episode that were really sweet. And I, again, I wish there had been more time devoted to it because it's probably one of the closest glances we've gotten to kind of the personalities from them that we've always known. And, like, this is really the first time we saw Minako being casual, with her being like, Guys, does it look weird that I'm carrying this huge stone sword through an apartment (laughs) building? And everyone's like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that was was so great. And again, like like I said, I wish kind of everything that had been in this scene in the manga, because they all go and, like, they pick everyone up. Like, Ami goes out with Usagi to get everyone from their respective places where they are and take them to her building. So we have, like, this moment of Rei at the temple where she does kind of another psychic thing and, like, she talks to Minako a little bit. And there was a lot more there, and I wish we had 
we'd been given all of it. Um, but Ray going full on to Usagi, like, you're an embarrassment and I'm pretending I don't know you, <laughs> was so much of their old relationship, and I was completely expecting them to start bickering like an old married couple, because that's what they are. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Um, so then, I, I really love uh, all the Sailor Guardians, like, fogging up the glass outside of Crown, uh, watching... Uh, you know, not Mamoru and being all suspicious. That was so good. Yes, they don't have time for any of his junk today. Like, they're very well like, oh, nope, this ain't right. This ain't right. We got to do something about this. Okay, who wants to go in there? Yeah, the funny thing is, well, I mean, as much as, uh, you know, they may have been able to resist, I couldn't because I'm voting him for uh, most seductive anime of uh, 2014. Man, he, he really did turn it up to 12 this week. And it's crazy, because he's always had this very sexual energy with Usagi, but it's always been kind of very light and sweet, aside from his kind of creeper moments, <laughs> that have still always been presented as though they were positive, uh-huh. even though they are not. But we've got, we've got like, dark side Mamoru here, who's presenting a very much more aggressive sexual energy, and, like, even Usagi is aware of the difference. She's like, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to be part of this. This this feels like something very bad could happen. Right. Oh, speaking of like weird aggressive sexual energy. <laughs> uh Venus Love Me Chain, that actually happened and uh yes, I was it did. shocked it and has, elated. That has, and it has always happened. That has always been uh her main attack. I'm very, I was very excited to see her kind of employing it in a lot of different ways. You can see that she's trained to master that thing, because she can grab that little crystal out of mid-air with this, like, bead whip, which has to be difficult. And she was brutal in the way she took down Motoki with it. Uh, Furuhara. I'm sorry, I know him better by his first name. I'm on a first name basis with this entire cast. But, uh, yeah, Venus doesn't play around. Yeah, I, I just, I'm happy to see her, like, fully, I don't know, whatever. Like, opening up a full can of, you know, we'll pass on people. That's super cool to see because, um, like, her position as Chief Knight uh, made me consider that she's probably going to go Red Ranger on people. And, uh, like, that was pretty much it, you know, and that was great. Uh, and it's, I know, again, we've talked about, like, the battle and combat and how that all works in Sailor Moon, and it's, I think it's it was a really good choice that Takuchi made that she has it so that um, Usagi is the leader and the most powerful, but that doesn't mean she's, like, you know, going to drop nuclear bombs on people. It's, it's yeah, love Yeah, no, she's, she's very much the healer. Like, Usagi goes very Red Ranger in a lot of ways, but it's also, she goes very much like Pink Ranger, where she plays a lot of defense, she plays a lot of healing, and that's really the core of her power, is not to fight, but to protect. And, like, the, uh, I don't know, not the only way I'll be satisfied, but I would be extremely satisfied if at the end, if Queen Metalia is, like, reduced to... Um, is like purified by Usagi's power. Like that would be absolutely amazing, and I want to say unprecedented, but I'm not sure that's true. It would feel like it to me, though. 
Uh, Alright, so moving on. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, Usagi's transformation call felt so poignant in the episode as she delivered it through tears for her uh, for her cat and partner, as you said. And uh, the alternate music was uh, awesome. Yeah, the, the alternate transformation music gave, gave it kind of a very sacred feel. Where, like, this wasn't just drawing on, okay, this is the power to beat the bad guys uh, as Sailor Moon, but also kind of as Princess Serenity, as someone who needed to protect and who was going to use all of what she had to do it because people that she loved were re- were being hurt on her behalf when she had hesitated. And she's like, that's it, no more. Everything I've got is going into ending this right now. Yeah, I, I like that you say sacred. I, I think that's a good uh, a good label for it. Um, and then the final thing was the um, was Mamoru's. Uh, I have these four stones. Moment in the manga. Uh, in the manga, uh, it's Reika, uh, Furuhara's girlfriend, uh, who describes the stones in a lot more detail. Uh, but Mamoru does end up responding... Like, she ends up being like, Oh, I'm sorry, I just babbled on about all of this. I just really like this. And Mamoru's like, Oh, no. I, I It's okay, because I have these four stones. What does that mean? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, well, we, we know what it means. Well, maybe. Um, like, I get it. His well, it was... Endymion's Knights and stuff, but, like, what... A, like, I'm wondering, does that mean that they've been kept alive in the plot thus far so that he, you know, has eaten them or whatever, and now he's got all their crazy powers to combine together? Like, I don't know. Well, it, again, in the manga, they were dead. Right. And he delivers this line anyway. Hmm. Um... I don't. I really have no idea what they're gonna do with the four of them beyond probably split everyone off to fight individually, and then do like the whole big battle. Right, man. I, yeah, I guess I don't know. It's crazy. It's it's yeah. They've they've deviated in a lot of ways where there are a lot of things I'm still very uncertain about. And see, like we were talking about earlier, that's a really funny thing that's going on is. I'm irritated and not satisfied by execution of certain things, but then there are these hooks that just have me, and I want to watch more, and I I can't wait to see more. Like I need these answers. Yeah, but I need to know where they're going with this. Yeah, e- even as it's being presented in an un- in a somewhat unsatisfactory manner, and that's really weird. It's like getting a bad meal but wanting more of it because something is good about it, or I don't know. Yeah. So, that's really strange. I, I, I'm not sure I've ever experienced that before. Yeah, no, Crystal's a really, a really strange animal in that way. Where, like, I'm bothered by certain things, and, like, the more... Occasionally I'll go to, to various Sailor Moon blogs, and I'll read, like, other people's, like, criticisms of Crystal, and I'm like, you make a very good point <laughs> that I didn't really think that much about. But... I still want to see where this goes. Like I, I, even with the amount of things I'm unsatisfied with, I have no real desire to walk away. <laughs> and I mean, I will. <laughs> yes, yes, you will. <laughs> apparently, so <laughs> I guess I'm lucky that you haven't yet. <laughs> it's yeah, like that's the thing. I don't really want to. I still, I'm still invested. 
I mean, there's also the fact that I just really want to get to Black Moon because I really want to see Sailor Pluto. But I I am still very invested in the story that we've got going on because I don't know what they're going to do about certain things. Hmm. I'm sure certain things that you can't mention because uh, you're trying to not spoil me, right? Well, mo- mostly with uh, Jadeite and all of them, because I honestly have no idea where they're going with that, because, again, they were all dead by now. Right. They have all always been dead by now. Yeah, that's really So I I really don't know what they're going for here, other than this weird, like, Miracle Romance Times 5 angle, <laughs> which does kind of downplay Serenity and Endymion a bit, uh, which I've seen a couple of people talk about. Which, I, again, I didn't really think of until um, it was brought up. Because I am still just so confused by them all still being here. But Usagi and Mamoru have this kind of interplanetary love at first sight miracle romance thing. And then it happens to four other people, too. <laughs> well, four other couples. And that does kind of take away from it a little. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, that's a that's a great um, uh, like criticism that you you had brought up before that it's kind of silly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. We'll just have to see how this plays out and where where it's going. Yeah. And we'll just keep talking about it. Right. <laughs> um. And we welcome you to talk about it, too. So, uh, if you want to, yes. you can say something. Yeah, if anyone has feedback, anything that you want us to discuss, theorize about... I do a lot of theorizing. I'm up for it, so... <laughs> oh, has your uh, has your cousin listened anymore? Have we um, mentioned that on air? I don't, I don't know if... I think, briefly, we have. I'm going to give a small shout-out to Rachel, because I'm pretty sure she is still listening. I think she listens to these on a commute or something, but she's very much the reason I'm into Sailor Moon. She's why I'm here right now, so uh, shout out to her. I'm sure she is still listening. Um, I'll be seeing her in about a month. Huh? At the end of January, uh, when she is getting married. So, again, uh, shout out to her. Congratulations. Uh- very excited to, for that. <laughs> Congratulations first, and thank you for, uh, you know, getting <laughs> so new into Sailor Moon so we could talk about it, you know, 15 years later, or more. Is it more? It's 20? Oh, God, yeah, it's 20. Okay, wow. I'm old. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, and with that, we should probably, um, we should probably call it quits. Yeah, we'll wrap it up here okay. uh, until next time. Okay, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks everyone. This has been Moonspeak, bi-monthly discussion and review of Sailor Moon Crystal. Visit trialofheroes.wordpress.com to see text reviews every Monday after Crystal airs and hear new Moonspeak the Monday after that. Moonspeak is part of the Toe Network, where you can find articles and commentary on pop culture and genre fandom, including our flagship show, Uncommon Cast Rx. The opening and closing is a piano arrangement of the uh, new Sailor Moon Crystal song, Moon Pride, played by Josh Agarado, whose work you can find at josh.agarado.net, and also on YouTube. There's a lot of cool work there, so go ahead and check it out if you like this song. <laughs> <laughs>